Good day, everybody. Welcome to the Danny Cola Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Superhuman Tools. Superhuman Tools has daily and monthly planners for you to excel in your entrepreneurial life or life as a student or life as an everyday human being. Do you write things down? Do you write your goals down? Do you write your day-to-day strategies out, what you have planned, how you're going to go about it? I think writing things down in a journal or a daily planner is an extremely effective way to get your shit done. So if you don't have a system like that, do me a favor and check out www.superhumantools.com. And just for listening to this podcast, you get 25% off the monthly or daily planner. All you have to do is enter in promo code Danny at checkout and you get 25% off the daily or monthly planner. Folks, this is a great deal. It's right before the holidays. This makes a great gift. And if you don't have a system of writing shit down in order to get your stuff done, start to develop it. And what better way than with superhuman tools? I use it. It's the way I plan my week. It's the way I get my goals down. It's the way I make sure I'm ahead of my schedule and I'm planning the right workout sessions, my clients, uh, my errands that I have to run, the podcast that I get set up, reaching out to contacts, daily reminders. If you're old fashioned and you like to write stuff down and in this day and age, we have technology to do all that kind of stuff and that does help. But writing stuff down is another way to get your things done. So check out superhumantools.com. Check out the show notes for the link, uh, and it'll take you straight to the promo code. Just Like I said, use the promo code Danny at checkout, and you get 25% off the Superhuman Tools daily or monthly planner. On this episode of the Danny Cola Podcast. With military families, that's pretty much all you're relying on. So I took these individuals, brought them from a failing rate to a passing rate, and eventually saved their careers. And so I saw them like, it's not just about fitness. Like fitness can truly change lives, you know, not just the aesthetic look you know, to it. You know, I can lift a bunch of weight for what? You know, this is about truly changing lives. You know? On this episode of the podcast, I get to talk with Christian Kashoba of 360 Fitness in Arlington Heights. We're also joined by Greg Poland, massage therapist and personal trainer. I actually met Greg before I met Christian at the Viking Ninja certification course uh, at Midwest Strength and Performance, Steel Mace Training. Anyway, Christian uh, talks a little bit about his military background. He was in the Air Force uh, as a engineer. And he talked a little bit about his experience in the military, talked a little bit about how he used that experience to open up 360 Fitness and his idea of mind, body, spirit when it comes to building a fitness program and running a gym. These two guys are super interesting, fun guys. And I think we can learn a lot from these two guys in this podcast. We had a good time hanging out, talking a little bit about music and camaraderie and, you know, the pros and cons of being a human and how we can better ourselves day after day. And that's it. I hope you guys enjoy this podcast as much as I enjoyed having this conversation. Without further ado, here's Christian Kashoba and Greg Poland of 360 Fitness. I like I like country. Well, I shouldn't say country. I like lately, Zach Brown band. Dude, lately I've been getting a little country, but not not specifically Zach Brown, but like um, Chris Stapleton, for example. Yep, yep, Chris Stapleton, you know, independent artist, collabs with JT, who I have a man crush on. <laughs> so like, all right, boy, I'll uh, I'll do I'll do the rock music, right? You guys like Breaking Benjamin, Event Sevenfold. What's the other one? Five Finger. Which, Five Finger Death Punch. Five finger death Kill Switch Engage, right? All that alternative rock, right? Uh, Creed from back in 2002. Oh, yeah. You, 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 you listen, take me higher. And POD, right? So, were you guys, so you guys are 31, 30 years old? Yeah. Did you come home from school and watch TRL? Yeah, we did TRL. What else was there? there it was wasn't like me, man. Coming top, home from school, I was VH1 outside all day. Tens, all that all stuff. day. Hold on, time out. So, you were watching VH1 and you were outside doing all day. dirt. <laughs> I, grew up in the back, I grew up in the back of a trailer park, so when I got home, it was time to get outside and do some stuff. Really? Where? Yeah. Over in uh, Des Plaines. 
Displains? Yeah, Dude, you just made a lot of people from Displains upset. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was running around barefoot while everybody else was watching Arthur when we were younger. That's yeah. Well, no, I bring up TRL because that was like a giant memory in my life. You'd come home, that, you Carson know, Daly? Carson yeah. Daly. Yeah. And yeah. so anyways, going back to it, like I'd, I'd listen to a lot of alternative rock. I played guitar. I was in a band. And then... Uh, I watched a lot of like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys videos, and I really like that hits my soul. That mute 98 degrees, Nick Lachey, <laughs> hell yeah, pimp. I could bust all of the night, the NSYNC oh, sure and the Backstreet yeah, Boys yeah. stuff out. I grew up with three older sisters. Hold on, time out. Singing or just dancing? No, no, no. no. I just know the lyrics. I think I could sing. Everybody else doesn't think I could sing, but I'm telling you, I could sing. That's another thing that I wish that I, uh, I could have. Would you rather have the ability to sing and dance like Justin Timberlake or? Chris Brown or whoever Michael Jackson or be equipped with the like superhuman abilities to play football for a 15-year career I think I know what you're gonna say hmm. I would I would I'd go the, the sports route except I'd be in baseball okay so you'd be like a, a you know a superstar athlete a superstar athlete playing awesome. baseball I grew up playing baseball man and there's nothing better than being a kid and getting on a baseball field for me hmm. I'll watch every Cubs game from start to finish at home I don't care that the game really long, see like long. okay dude I think that People like that are like not around a lot. <laughs> I'm not as I don't know. I around. mean, it is 172 games that you're away and stuff. Yeah. But there's no. I'm a kid. I'm gonna That's be good. A, I'm gonna Dude. be a kid until I'm 50. So Mazel tov. I'm gonna be a kid until I'm 50. So I'd rather be on the field playing baseball every yeah. single awesome. day. Every single day. Awesome. So you'd have the ability to be superhuman, Sammy Sosa minus the roids, and then just hit and those home. And the cork bat minus the, the cork, cork bat. bat. Too. I cork you know he's bat. like. He's white now. Yeah. He, he went from, he like, went, Dominican, <laughs> yeah. dark-looking, to being video. white. Somebody had to take over Michael Jackson's role, man. Yeah. Now that he, I, no, he just starts bleaching his skin, dude. Yeah. I don't understand that. I don't get it either. He went from being the home home run king to, to like... Like Casper, the friendly ghost. Yeah, like, <laughs> he looks really strange. He's starting to look like Mark McGuire. <laughs> he transforms. He's going to die his hair. All right, what about, what about you, Christian? Oh, man. You tell question. me you'd be the football guy. I would say either football or maybe MMA. Ah, yeah. So you would be equipped with superhuman ability to do sports, right? Just like crazy endurance and athleticism, leadership, the ability to like think under pressure and perform under pressure. So. That see, that's that's a skill that not a lot of kids. I think especially in today's generation, day and age, because they're entitled, so to speak. Like I was listening to a podcast or I was reading an article about everyone or kids born after 1995, and like when they get into the real world, when they get to really interact with people and get rejected. They can't deal with it. They're not going to be able to deal with it as emotionally equipped as you should, you know, as far as like a health standard. Exactly. Right? You know? So where was I going with that? I don't remember. Entitlement. We're not born with that athletic ability. Oh, drive. oh, definitely. right, right. Yeah, yeah. Because like not everyone has that ability. So like that, that stuff is definitely worked on, right? So give me a little bit about your, your background, Christian. You're a military man. You've been all over the world. You were a, me uh, a mechanical engineer in the Air Force. So I'm sure <laughs> that you've built up a lot of hard-nosed, blue-collar mentality, working under pressure, developing a system where you can build your body and your mind right and coming back from you know your services to really entering civilian life and doing it all like that takes a lot of courage it takes a lot of you know growth and development over time so maybe give me a little and the listeners a little bit of your background because yeah. you're a really interesting guy um, well thank you number one yeah uh, i think i mean really kind of started with with my childhood because my dad was born and raised at raised in baghdad iraq so he's 100 percent assyrian where assyria hmm. doesn't really exist anymore but you know yeah. that's where iraq iran saudi and all that was um where he actually had to he, he and his family fled you know as saddam's regime regime started coming into play they went to greece for two years and then came to the states from there uh, i think he and my mom met in like uh 70 maybe 73 nine or whatnot at a disco so my dad does have that little dancing nice. dancing little bit to him so Good. i shake my hips a little bit too so maybe there's a chance <laughs> maybe there's a chance you would have picked the chris yeah, brown never know. justin timberlake never brown know. all right i feel you so, all right he's got a couple good moves oh trust me i do okay i can sing a little bit too uh all right yeah we can go back we can go back to the music <laughs> do we go back to the music too because we have a similarity in music we do uh -huh. like that rock and you know a little bit of that country and all that stuff um anyway so go ahead continue dad's got a little bit of disco yeah so <laughs> they uh 
uh, so I've got three older brothers um, from my mom's first marriage, and whatnot. So then my you know my parents got married. I have an older sister myself, obviously, and then my little brother. So we're of six siblings, and obviously growing up, it was uh, hard nosed to say the least, for sure. Um, he carried that that dictatorship mentality with Interesting. him, you know, so into our childhood. So really, there wasn't any. Uh, love per se you know even the word love was not really expressed in, mm. our, in our family growing up and just uh physical hardship was was a little difficult you know growing up and all that but i mean granted my mom was she was a very loving affectionate woman so that kind of kind of played the the counter role of what my father was but i guess taking the negative out of it i really wouldn't be who i am today if not for that tough love mentality that my dad showed granted sure. i would never show that for my my daughter now um, you know, there are different ways that you can learn and I guess, you know, kill off the hereditary curses that, you know, go on, you know, different generations, you know, generation, different times, generation. different environment calls for different very way of life. So. And that's, it's so. very important. And I've realized that, you know, being a teacher in different areas in the Chicagoland area, you know, environment impacts the way people behave, very much so. you know? So anyway, keep, but I mean, a lot of times the environment, people use that as a crutch. Oh, well, I grew up in this and I, mm. I went through this and it's like, okay, you either have, it's a fork in the road. Either you're going to crumble, you're going to wither away in the woe is me victim mentality, or you're going to say, hey, I went through this. I'm going to learn from my trials and tribulations, and I'm going to carry this going forward. So as, as I was growing up, maybe about, I don't know, 12, 13 years old, I was super small kid, but I always had the mentality I was a giant. You know, I'd be fighting everyone. I mean, it didn't matter who it was. Little man so, syndrome. Yeah, I was That's scrappy. That's what they call it. I was very scrappy. And then uh, it was funny because going through puberty, I had this voice. At five foot six, 110 pounds, <laughs> so people thought I was completely fake and like, dude, like stop, stop fronting that voice. I'm like, oh, this, this is for real, this is me. So you can't even understand this guy in the morning when <laughs> yeah, he wakes like, up. It's like, uh, it's like uh, very white on steroids, what? basically. So um, I was bullied horrendously. Really? You know, a lot. I mean, from my own friends that I called my friends, and a lot of time that's that's where the bullying you know starts. And mm. the friends multiplied other people to kind of you know viciously attack you as well. So. I almost had that, I wouldn't call it a murderous intent, but it's like I was angry. And obviously growing up in that type of household where it was just physical you know, abuse was always present, hmm. that was my mindset. You know, So always it was, how can I get these people back? How can I get bigger, get stronger to it, you know, defend myself, basically? And I actually joined uh, Taekwondo when I was, I think, 12 years old, and I hit a growth spurt. When I was 15 going on 16, my oldest brother, Josh, he actually got me into the whole fitness world. For my 15th birthday, he got me a pass over at the local uh, gym in Elk Grove Pavilion. So we started working out. I hit my growth spurt simultaneously. And it, going into my sophomore year, I was extremely well-equipped at this point. I was six feet tall, 170 pounds, wow, well-versed in Taekwondo. So I will tell you, people were terrified the same people you know that bullied so through taekwondo i mean you learn a little bit more disciplinary aspect right so instead of being super scrappy and using your aggression out in an unconditioned manner in an unstructured manner you learn to like channel it all in mm -hmm. different columns and then that was the crazy thing too because afterwards it's like i'm gonna get so big i'm gonna become such a badass within my martial art that i'm just gonna start whooping ass left and right but it actually flipped my mindset to the point where I had, I honed in on that and was like, you know what, I'm not going to use this for an evil. I'm going to actually walk with that confidence and know just the way that I carry myself, they will wilt and crumble under my presence just because I know what I'm capable of now. Mm. And I really, you know, granted, I scrapped a few times here and there just to kind of, I had to prove my prowess per se. Test the waters Test a little bit. Let's know, just but... say I was really happy to be his friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the way, like when we were in the house, happy to be his friend. You look at him the wrong way, he's going to let you know that you're looking at him the wrong way. Yeah. And this guy's my friend. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I'm with know. that guy. <laughs> so in growing into that, again, it was it was a bad mindset, too, because it was almost, you know, murderers love their own, too. And I almost had that. Not not that I'm a murderer or was a murderer, but it was like to the point where if you're not my own, I almost hate you. You know, I almost hated you before I met you type of thing where I was mm. I was almost a recluse. I was a very introverted person where Greg will tell you, you know, we go to parties and I would not say two words to anyone. And everyone would walk up to him like, dude, why does your buddy want to kill us right now? It's like, <laughs> like no, that's just the way Christian is, you yeah. know? But, uh, and then going into the military, it was funny because, you know, a lot of my friends at the time, you know, I didn't know what in the world I want to do here. I was 18, 19 years old. I was delivering Chinese food, you know, getting into drugs or whatever else. And then my buddies, they started to get real heavy drugs. 
So that really started to worry me. So I was like, you know what? I got to do something with my life because if I don't do something now, it's going to be very bad. In two, three years, I'm going to end up in jail. See, that's another, that's another like intelligent mindset right there. Like, you noticed something happening, a shift, so to speak, within your friends group. And early on, you realize you are the company you keep. Mm-hmm. I can definitely relate to that. You know, you start getting into trouble. And then next thing you know, it's like, what the fuck am I doing? Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm not supposed to do this. Yep. You know what I mean? I'm not supposed to be getting into trouble like this. So, like, that, I don't know that that's something that, like, is a switch in a lot of kids' brains. I mean, I've been around a lot of, you know, high school athletes, high school kids, and, you know, there's a lot of them. They all think on different parts of the spectrum, but that's something that I think needs to be pushed out there. Like, really take a look at your circle. Look at your five closest friends because you are, well, you are, uh, you know, a piece of each of them mm-hmm. all into one, you know? And if they're exemplifying shitty behavior, you're going to pick up that stuff no matter what, you know. And I don't think enough people evaluate that. They're just looking to be socially accepted and loved by a group, by a tribe. Because it's because it's it's just it's hard. It's how we're hardwired. Right. We'll look at that over our development individually, you know, and we'll overlook the fact that we're growing up in a shitty environment versus I want the camaraderie and the closeness of this group because I feel protection. I feel like I'm wanted. I feel like I have a group of people that like me and all that. Like, this is the two things that we're battling here, you know? But that's, uh, like I said, intelligent of you. And I think it's something that needs to be put out there to, you know, I know a handful of kids listen to this. Like, I'm not saying dump your friends, you know what I'm saying? But like, you should always have the evaluative mindset. Like, all right, well, you know, what's going on? Am I currently really happy with this set right now? What I'm doing with my life as far as my job, my career, my relationships? And take a look at them and evaluate. Do I like it? Do I want to keep going with it? Do I need to meet new people? Like, always, you should always think this way, you know? Yeah, there's people that we've known that we've went to, like, high school with and stuff. And they'll, they'll come here because they know that this is, like, a safe place. If they're really down and out in their life, and especially they'll use this guy. They'll come here. They'll ask him for help. Hey, how can you help me? I want to stop doing what I'm doing, this, that, and the other. We'll, like, we'll help them through working out or, or anything yeah. like that, what have you. And then they go back out. They do the same stuff. And they come back again. And after a while, it's like, you can't keep doing this. Like, sure. you can't keep going to the good people to get some good feelings and good words and then go back out and do the same thing. If only you guys can figure out a way to hang out in those people's pockets mm-hmm. yeah, so that right. you can always be there. A well, yeah. well, honestly, like, like my, I guess my, 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 where I was going with that, like, that's the beauty of a podcast. Like, kids that I used to teach at a school that I don't no longer work at have access to the, some, some of the things that I have to say. Like, I would have conversations on this level every day with a different kid all the time and that stuff goes undocumented under administration i mean this is why i'm not i mean i don't do that work anymore i mean i do this work but i don't do it under the class of like a you know under administration under the education model because you know like my strengths are relationship building and you know evaluating those shifts and seeing how they affect you in a negative or positive way anyway so you go to the military. Yeah, so basically, and, yeah, because, I mean, as the saying goes, it's, it's misery loves company type of thing. Yeah. So when I started, yeah. I guess, ostracizing that group, it wasn't, it was so much I ostracized them. It, it was, they started talking crap about me. They started hating on me, talk, you know, just whatever it is, because they wanted to pull me down to their level. Yeah. They saw I was kind of rising above, you know. So I then, uh, one of my best friends, I, I consider him a brother, he, uh, he and I went through the buddy system in the Air Force, where we were so gung-ho wanting to go. He was going to ISU at the time, and he's not he's ditching class left and right. I, again, wasn't doing anything with my life. So he's like, dude, let's just go to the military. Let's fight, you know, and hmm. let's be the grunts on the front line. Let's, you know, let's do battle type of thing. And obviously, I had that mentality. So it's like, all right. So we wanted to go to the Marine office and immediately get on the front lines. And as we were passing through the recruiting office, an Air Force recruiter steps out of his office. He's like, hey, where are you guys going? Like, oh, we're just going down the hallway to the Marine office. He's like, uh-uh. He's like, why don't you guys come into the Dude, Air Force office? Dude, typical recruiter yeah. right there, <laughs> exactly. huh? So then he pulls us in. You know, he kind of gets our whole spiel. You know, we end up wanting to be, because, I, th- you know, uh, training day, you know, had just kind of come out during yeah. that time. So we want to be the narcotics cops and, you know, patrolling California, all that stuff. So obviously, 
he's pumping our brain through that. You know, oh yeah, you're going to have your own squad car. You're going to be in San Diego on the beach and living the life and whatever else. And obviously, we ate it up. We were 18, 19 years old. Sure. It's and, the Hollywood. Uh, it's the Hollywood picture of that. The Hollywood right. version of that. Mm-hmm. It's, an, it's a good sell. Yeah. He's a salesman. It's, yeah, it's a sugar <laughs> coat. You know, basically, it was just a sugar coat to it. So. My buddy, he was so gung-ho wanting to go that I just got a phone call one day. He's like, hey, dude, I'm getting shipped out. I'm like, what? Like, this is, you know, last minute. I had no clue about that we were supposed to do it together. So then... How long into the enrollment did that happen? This was maybe about three months into our MEPS program. So, you know, we did all of our ASVAB testing, you know, all all that good stuff. Um, Had all of our, you know, physicals and whatnot. So, I mean, I was ready to go, but he was, he wanted to go, go. So, basically... Um, you get some phone time while you're in basic training. I was still home at the time, again, doing nothing. And he calls him. He's like, dude, it's nothing like we signed up for. You know, they're pumping us. You know, they're getting us ready for war. You know, and that's basic training. That's what it does. Like, they have to break you down to build you back up. Not so much make you a machine, per se, but it's they're removing any and all weakness that the, the world has taught you. All the entitlement crap, all the selfishness, all the whatever it is that we carry on you know, through our childhood and just growing up. Mm. So again, with me, that scared the hell out of me because I had no clue what basic training is and all that. So I go to my recruiter, I'm like, dude, like, this is not what's going on here. He's like, so he was you know, pissed off with my buddy and like, no, he's you know, messing around with the recruiting you know, system and you know, whatever. He's like, you know, we've got another job for you. It's not military police that you got, you, know, you had signed up for. So he then offered me an intelligence job, which would have been an awesome job, you know, because getting out, I mean, you get your top secret clearance. You can go FBI, CIA, Homeland Security, whatever it is that you want to do. Still, I'm absolutely terrified. Again, 18, 19-year-old kid. I'm worried about that I'm missing out. I've got that fear-driven mentality where it's like, I, it's the unknown. Obviously, it is terrifying, you know, but so often I say, you are going to fail immediately by not taking that step, by taking that leap. You've already, you're so scared of failure, whether you already just fail by not taking that leap. 100%. So with, it was hilarious because one of my older brothers, James, and he was kind of the party animal growing up and whatnot, a guy that you would not typically see giving that rah-rah motivating speech to me. You know? And growing up, you know, he and I butted heads and whatnot. So I was actually on a trip with him one time. He's like, Chris, like, you have nothing to lose. Like all my buddies, you know, I didn't go away to college, but they went away to college and, you know, they came back and guess what? Nothing changed. They did not miss out on anything. All they did was party. They were doing restaurant jobs and caddying or whatever it was, dead end jobs just to make it by. And guess what? The world continued. You did, you know, they didn't miss anything. I didn't miss anything. So by you going for the four years that you're going to be signing up for, you're going to be, you know, setting yourself up for so much financial success academic success, you know, via the GI Bill and, you know, all the veteran grants that we get, you know, through joining in Illinois and whatnot, and then you have a career, you know, even if you don't like that career, at least you have a foundation that you can rely upon. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like, is my brother James telling me this? Like, what? Like, sounds good. Yeah. Like, I'm like, okay. So then I tell the recruiter, I'm like, you know what? I don't want to do the Intel job, but I promise you I'm going to take the next one. The next offering you give me, I will take it. Cause he's like, you know, three strikes, you're out. The next one, if you don't take it, you're out of the recruiting system. So I'm like, all right. So the next job that pops up, it was October 23rd, 2006. Uh, he had, he gave me a call. He's like, hey, we have uh, avionics position. You know, it's like an electronic job. And again, it was kind of an open electronic avionic position where you can do anything within the, you know, the, the electronic field. So I'm like, all right. So I go, basic training is exactly what my buddy basically kind of said it was, but it's for a purpose, you know. I, my, I remember my bunk was literally right outside of our drill instructor's office, and who was public enemy number one? This guy. I became the latrine queen where he tried to bury me in stress, anxiety, everything just to break me down because I was one of the bigger guys in the flight too, you know, 52 guys that we had. And we had guys left and right, you know, trying to commit suicide just to get into the medical squad where they hold you over and then they kick you out, you know, because it's terrifying, you know, because in your mind, you know, they are, it's psychological warfare where you're not sleeping, you're on two to three hours of sleep when you are eating three times per day, you're chugging water and then eating your meal in under 30 seconds. So as you're walking outside, people are puking up their food, then you're having to go on ruck marches and then, you know, and then literally you learn how to sleep while you're marching. That's how crazy it got. So finally, Holy obviously, <laughs> yeah. so your body and your mind can adapt to a lot. So about three, four weeks in, that's where you kind of, and everyone kind of, it shifted where 
all of a sudden that brotherhood just kind of came together in that cohesiveness and we all just had each other's backs and that's where I was like, you know, this isn't going to be how it is forever. It was seven weeks of hell, you know, but it is for a purpose, you know, and then getting out of it, I remember I was this, you know, big, thick kid who was, you know, I thought I was an adult, 18, 19 years yeah. old. Yeah, I know, the, you know, I know everything. Obviously, yeah. all the young kids think that they do. And I came out, I remember my basic training graduation, my, my same brother, James, he came up to me. I stood taller. I was two inches taller just for my posture. I shook his, shook his hand. I looked him in the eye. I remember he, I even called my brother, sir. You know, I'm like, how you doing, sir? And he's like, he's like, Chris, like, whoa, like, who are you? You're like, you're not even my brother Christian anymore. You know, and from then on, I'm like, yes. I'm like, this was the best decision I made. And then hmm. from there, I got into technical training where I had electronic principles. And then I actually found out my job. It was integrated avionics, electronic warfare. So there's a lot going on. So basically, it's electronic countermeasure systems. So it's basically keeping our aircraft from getting shot down. So radar deception, radar jamming, radar destruction, um, chaff and flare, just again, just to prevent any you know heat seeking missiles being shot at the aircraft yeah did you did you have any electronic background before you got Absolutely into this not. none so huh all, all, uh, most of my brothers they were all you know geek squad type of dudes like it work but yeah i kind of i was more the athletic guy you know, interesting I, I, you know they would all play video games i kind of got into it every now and then but i was kind of more the black sheep per se as yeah. far as i never dove into that he played so. D a lot just one <laughs> so yeah that is one thing i actually <laughs> did they would always make fun of me for that we always have to have a little bit of geek in us yeah so fine. uh so then, yeah, I, I remember getting my orders, and it said Elmendorf Air Force Base, AK. So I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to Arkansas. And I was like, wait a second, no, Arkansas is AS. I'm going to Alaska. I'm Shit. like, I'm going to Alaska. This is crazy. <laughs> so I remember calling everybody. I'm like, they're like, are you going to be living in an igloo? Like, are you going to have to fight polar bears <laughs> and stuff? I'm like, no, it's not like that. You what know? city? This was right outside of Anchorage, Alaska. So it is the you know the, right. the biggest. It's not the capital. You know, Juneau is the capital, but it is the biggest city in Alaska. It's about I think now it's close to about seven hundred thousand population. But as far as the landmass, it is way bigger than Chicago and you know any other like, oh, yeah. major city that you see. Um, so I was stationed out there for about three and a half years, and I met some of the best people you can absolutely imagine. I mean, brothers that I will take a bullet for any day of the week. Um, and then from there. Because the aircraft that I was working on, the C-17 aircraft, it only had two defensive countermeasure systems in there. So I would only work, I think we had like six or seven aircraft up there. It was literally, I was just running optical checks just to make sure that the you know, systems were working, take an hour or two to get done, and then I wouldn't really do anything outside of just, and I had a passion for exercise you know, going to that point. And this is the point where I was massive. I'm talking 265. 10% body fat. I was eating 8,000 calories a day. What? Just, yeah. 265, 10% yes. body fat? I'm talking, wow. I looked yeah. like the rock. I had 22 inch biceps. I mean, absolutely massive. Man, I could barely wipe my ass, you know? Like, it was ridiculous. But <laughs> and then now, still, you're, now you're sitting where? Um, I'm about 205, about 7% body fat right now. But again, way more functional than I was, oh. you know, was before. Yeah. Um, and, and that's kind of the thing that I started adopting over time. So a lot of my, my uh, superior officers and whatnot, they, they saw, like, we got to make use of this guy somehow. They saw how hard I would work in the gym because I'd be pulling two-a-days, four or five hours a day you know, in the gym because I do have somewhat of an addictive personality so I poured it into that yeah. and so they saw it like you know and just without me being told to I was taking all of my buddies under my wing working them out training them everything that I knew how and again I mean I didn't know you know everything that I read I kind of poured out you know I didn't have any schooling per se you know for that uh, but I always believe on the job training and what you acquire via knowledge can be way better than what you actually go to, you know, go to school for. Granted, I did eventually go to school for it, but uh, so they're like, you know, Christian, we want to get you certified and have you become a physical training leader. So I was sent for you know a little training school over there at the Health and Wellness Center, and then from there I actually started training people. I was I think six or seven individuals who had a failing rate for their yearly physical mandated tests. They had a failing rate, so if they had failed again, their career was over. They can, you know, it didn't matter if they were. 15 years in, two years away from 20-year retirement, if you're kicked out, that's done. You're done. You know, and obviously, with military families, that's pretty much all you're relying on. So I took these individuals, brought them from a failing rate to a passing rate, and eventually saved their careers. And so I saw them like, it's not just about fitness. Like, fitness can truly change lives. You know, not just the aesthetic look you know, to it. No, I can lift a bunch of weight for what? 
you know, this is about truly changing lives, you know. So after that, I had gotten out of the military. I was offered a contract from Boeing making $120,000 to $150,000, but it would have been a contract out in Afghanistan because yeah. I had a secret clearance and all that stuff where I was like, yeah, it's money. That's cool, you know, but I was just away from my family for four years. I want to come back. I'm a big family guy. So I came back. I'm like, you know, I want to do something with my passion and fitness. So I had accrued 40-some-odd credit hours while out there. Of course, I had procrastinated. Didn't get my CCAF, which is the you know community college of the Air Force degree, which then would have you know translated a lot of the credits. I came back. I went to UIC to try and get in their kinesiology program. Like, sorry, you know, we don't accept basically any of these credits. Maybe like six of the forty-four. I'm like, oh my gosh. Then I went to Harper. Like, yeah, we're only going to accept twelve of them. I'm like, geez. So basically, I had to start all over. But it was good because I was able to get the GI Bill, which actually pays you. I think I was getting like 1700 a month for a housing allowance, plus they pay for tuition per month. So I was just going to school while getting paid, you know, pretty much a salary. So I had, I went through Harper for, it was about a year and a half that I was there for the transfer program to UIC for their kinesiology exercise science. And while there at, um, at UIC, obviously I was, I was the grown dude there. You know, obviously there was 18 year old, 19 kids. You know. How old are you again? I was, when I started there, I think I was 20, 25, 26 years dude, old. Dude, that was just about, almost similar to what I did. I went back at 22 or 21, mm -hmm. and then I was playing college football until I was 25. So I had, you know, 18-year-olds, 18-year-olds and, you know, the first, you know, first group coming up, the freshmen coming up, and I'm 25, still playing college division three football, hey, mm -hmm. you know? But oh, I can relate, man, I get it, I totally get it. So yeah, while I was there, you know, I was, I was the old dude, but yeah, a lot of the students looked up to me, because it was funny, because I was working personal training with my own clients, building it up. I was at a wellness facility where I was working hand-on with an MD, chiropractor, a kinesiologist. And then I went to uh, Flow Fitness and Martial Arts in Palatine, where I was you know, doing CrossFit, uh, helping to run that program, doing a lot of mixed martial arts and you know, strength conditioning stuff, and just really adopted the best of all the worlds and then started applying that into my own. And that's you know, not to say I'm a jack of all trades, but you have to, you know, all the niche, it's very hard to find your own niche. So, I, my niche is finding the best of all the worlds and applying it, you know, mm. what I do. So during my senior year at UIC, I had gone through an applied health science entrepreneurship course where, and this professor, Dr. John Kumlili, he was the head of the kinesiology program at the time. Amazing, amazing dude, so knowledgeable. I mean, you could feel his presence when he would walk into a room. And he comes in the first day, he's like, all right, I want everyone to take out a piece of paper, write down a business model, it doesn't matter what it is. So I'm like, okay, so in my mind, I'm like, all right, all right, I, I got this. So I'm thinking, you know, home gym doctor, you know, we're going to, there's so many different barriers to exercise, you know, all the excuses that we hear at the time, the family, the money, whatever restrictions. I'm like, I'm going to cure all of that. If I have to go at 6 a.m. and bang on your door with battle ropes around my neck and kettlebells, I'm going to do it, you know. So that was kind of the mobile training, and then I would have, you know, my own, you know, brick and mortar building to, so people can come to me. And then also a third tier is I would actually customize home gyms for people. Didn't matter if they have an eight by eight space or a massive facility, I would go in, I'd be the consultant, see exactly what they needed, you know, for them or their clientele. And then I would have an eight to 12 week program specific to them where I would go into their facility or house, whatever it may be. And then afterwards it would be a maintenance program that we could Skype and do, you know, real live sessions in their gym and I'd be in my gym type of thing. So that was that was the business model. And after you know we wrote it down, we had to put it in a little grab bag. He's like, all right, everyone pick, you know, go around, pick, pick something out of the bag. And if yours gets picked, you have to go up, give your little elevator spit, you know, spiel, 60 seconds, whatever it was in front of, you know, the class. So I'm like, okay, so people are picking, 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 mine's not chosen yet. I'm like, this sucks. Like I want, I want this to work, you know, and you know, Greg knows, like, again, I was a very introverted kid, you know, growing up where now obviously the military broke down those walls. I was getting a lot more confident and I'm like, you know, screw this. Like, even if it doesn't get chosen, I'm going to go up in class. So halfway through, we had a little break and I go up to Dr. John, I'm like, Dr. John, I have a good, I have a great, you know, business model. And I want to speak about it. So he's like, okay. <laughs> so then I go up in front of class. I give a little 90 you know, second elevator pitch immediately I have eight kids rushing to my table to be part of the business model because we had to formulate about, I think it was a team of five. So after that, I selected my little team and then he condensed the course from a 16 week to about, I think it was 10 to 12 week course. What was awesome is that you, 
literally go through every single stage. I mean, it normally takes about a year and a half to two years to put together a full business model. We did it in 10 to 12 weeks. And then on top of that, at the very end of the course, we give Shark Tank type of approach where we are going in front of live investors and then pitching our business model, which was awesome. So at the end of the 10, 12 weeks, and it was really cool too, because within my network, I had a financial advisor, I had marketing, you know, all within my clientele that I was able to barter, graphic designs and whatnot. So it was like literally everything was just falling into my lap. And so from there, at the end of the, you know, once we get in front of the investors, the business model won first place which was awesome. So I'm, Hell like, yeah, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. You know, so they wanted to, you know, obviously I didn't want to sell steaks and I was a little nervous. So I talked to Dr. John, I'm like, what, what, what should I do? He's like, well, number one, don't sell off any steaks. You know, that's the worst decision you can make immediately. Try and find within your own network, see what you could do as far as, you know, your own business loans, your parents, your friends, whoever's going to pour into you, get your finances that way. And then from there, if you really need, you know, steaks sold, that's when you go to the investors. So I'm like, all right. So then I had one more, I think it was the, I had one more summer semester left and it was amazing because they allowed me to do a self-study internship for my own business while getting credit hours for it. So I did that. I'm like, you know, in, in my mind at that time, I'm like, all right, well, maybe two, three years from now, I'm going to be graduated, whatever, and then I'll build it up. Or it was like, no, Christian, now, like now is the Just time. got to do it, man. So it became, rather than the home gym doctor, it became 360 fit because I'm trying to think of, you know, all these ways find cliche names and whatnot, but it was like, all right, 360 fit, mind, body, spirit. Again, you hear that cliche, but it's also, like I'd said, taking every expert thing that I learned throughout the, you know, fitness spectrum and then applying that into my own. So 360 fit, everything, fitness, mind, body, spirit, because I'm huge on my faith as well. And, you know, just really trying to tie that in. And then that year, it was uh, 2015 of November, we ended up opening up here and, you know, here we are almost three years later. And I mean, this business is absolutely blown up. Obviously there's been huge bumps in the road where I've gone through quite a few trainers, quite a few managers and whatnot. But I mean, now I'm finally formulating a team where it's like they are in it and purchased in, you know, blood, sweat and tears, you know, where it's, this is truly the thing. It takes, you know? a, th it takes a long time to find credible people, especially when you're running your own business. I mean, you want to trust them. You want to understand, you want to understand what their end result is as well and you know you add the whole financial piece to everything and you know it's not easy to do it's not easy to do uh but dude this is an awesome place we did a little bit of a workout so i got to feel some of that energy dude i got to uh a little bit of a workout dude, that was a lot of bit of a workout that was a lot i mean it was short too it was 30 minutes and that's really all you need but like you know when i hear your story and it's dude it's a phenomenal story you had me lured in the whole time i think the journey i think like when you look at it from like see it from an outside perspective, you don't you didn't do that to, for an end result. You just were kind of like, this is what I'm interested in right now. This is where I'm going to go. And then you know things just started happening. You know, and you kind of used everything from your experience of life and kind of molded it together with the you know with the 360 fit. And I you know I, I say to myself like you got to enjoy the process, even though you don't know where you're going to end up. If you're putting in your passion into it, if you're putting in full energy into it that's coming from your heart man it's gonna fucking play out it's gonna play out the way it's supposed to play out and that's that's the bottom line because stone cold said so <laughs> right, right. But you, know, you get what i'm saying though yeah, i love to see that process though i've been fortunate i've known this guy for over what, 15 years now mm -hmm. so when he wasn't really big into the fitness industry here we are in his basement he's got a couple of clients in like an eight by eight basement. There's like four people in there. We're moving around. His tiles on the basement floor are sliding around as we're trying to move because the basement was unstable. But it's just so awesome to be able to like see the ride because everybody will see you on the top and they'll be envy and they'll envy you and get all yeah. jealous and like, oh, he's got it good. But they don't see the mud that you crawl through. They yeah. don't see that shit, you know? But I got the, I was so blessed and fortunate to see through this guy. I've been next to this guy the whole time. And That's good. It's been a wild ride, but it's been a lot of fun. That's There's good. Been a yeah. lot of laughs in the meantime, too. Well, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure, I mean, of course, stories, the relationship yeah. built. But I'm sure it, you know, gets you all jacked up to, you know, be a part of this business as well, you know, yeah. and grow from it. And another thing, like you put out your passion, you put out your love for, for fitness, and you, you manifest your own thing. You attract the right people eventually. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So 
let's talk about that workout because that was <laughs> that was uh so i'm like all right well i'm gonna go podcast with these guys yeah. fucking you know cool guys met them already let's go see what they got to do and talk and i'll tell you like my workout is just real like steady all day long because i'm training eight nine ten hours a day so i'm throwing around kettlebells slowly all day i'm swinging around maces all day long maybe like once or twice a week i'll have like a really hard workout you know greg you and i met at the viking ninja training system white belt class and we did that last workout which was 10 squat mace hand switches we had the kick throughs i don't know what the proper name is for those those like uh like child's pose kick throughs we did 10 of those and then we go and we do ten, or five push-ups Five real push-ups. Five real push-ups. Real push-ups. I, not, I had, that, dude, not that fake stuff. Hold on. That real those those stuff. modified ones. I had to do the modified ones. <laughs> I couldn't. I, I'm not gonna like. I'm not gonna shame that at all. Like, that was a hard workout, and you do that for 20 rounds under a minute every time. Like by minute four, round four, you're just like, oh shit. Please God help me. You know, like uh, when everyone saw Conor McGregor like gas out against Floyd Mayweather, and Floyd started to pick him apart. Like that's three minutes of intensity, you know, and you start to like gas out after a while. And if you don't have that mindset, if you don't have a structured way to push yourself through something like, you know, the military did for you or anybody's life journey will do for them. If looking at it with a positive outlook, you'll be prepared for those types of situations. So you look at a hard workout like we just did today and you relate it to when something bad happens or when your business goes under or when your girlfriend dumps you or when you're in crazy debt or you need this, you, you know, you need something. You could really put yourself in that mindset and say, look, I've been through X. I know what I'm capable of doing. This will pass with my experiences prior. It's going to help me push through whatever I got to get through. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So that workout we did, uh, like how do you, is that how you normally structure your workouts? Like five different splits and then, or four different splits and it gets kind of like, you know, less reps, less intense as it dies down. Um, I mean, truly I, I try in and we all hear the, the term muscle confusion. You know? Yeah. I mean, I try and structure it where, you know, you, you kind of see the, the CrossFit, you know, theme where it's, you know, every day is something different where I try and again, take the exercise science behind it see how the body adapts to stimulus and then obviously you want to have rest times as well sure. so for instance here we do a, a monday anterior split where you know we're hitting more of the front end of our you know legs that you know you got your quads you got your glutes obviously but that's you know more posterior work tuesday is more of a chest and back wednesday is more supplemental work as far as you know your bicep tricep shoulders yeah. thursday is going to be more posterior like olympic lifts you know deadlifts and all that and then friday that's kind of, you know, stabilizers and can be a mix of everything. Saturday, kind of the same thing, more like active rest. So even though we are doing those specific muscle groups, I always try and hit it a different way. Yeah, so the body yeah. is constantly adapting and it's never finding that because the body always tries to go to the homeostasis where it's going to try and find the easiest way sure. out. You know, it loves to be tested, but also it loves to be flat. Path of know? least resistance. I'll do that mentally. I'll do that physically all day long. I'm totally guilty of it. That's why I like coming to places like this and talk to guys like you and go through a workout like that. You know, like I'll, I'll structure my workouts very similar. I'll have that push-pull day. I'll do like an anterior leg day, posterior leg day, you know, some stabilizing muscles. I'll do like, a, you know, active rest day. I'll do some sort of stretching. And that's really it, you know, and it's effective. But you went from 260, 10% body fat, to now 205. What, I mean, it, the training is one thing, right? So we're not like, you're not lifting superhuman weight anymore probably because it's just i mean it's not beneficial long term you end up hurting your joints or pulling something or tearing something eventually but like what was the biggest change from going 265 to 205 now like what was the biggest thing in lifestyle i would say it's really just functionality because i mean at my strongest i was bench pressing 500 that was my max i was in the 500 club for wow. everything wow I mean, like i said i was massive but again it was like what am i doing with this you know? yeah and after a while you know and even if i was coming down through my phases and programming it's like my joints were destroyed yeah that's, a, that's absolutely destroyed so you didn't you feel know? the best i just didn't feel it you know and just it was literally a job on a job on top of job not only eating but then getting into the gym and just you know the supplements that you're having to take in it was literally like what am i doing this for <laughs> you know where it's now a lot of times i've ad i've adapted the mentality for my clients as well because you have to walk the walk to be able to talk mm -hmm. the talk type of thing you so teach if, you teach the lifestyle or you live the lifestyle you want to teach absolutely that's you know, so and, important and i truly believe that so now it's about and i always tell people like guys whatever you do in here 
it has to apply on the outside world, you know. So, for instance, for our workout today, we had our, you know, we what do we have? Our suitcase deadlifts. You know, so you've got your two two kettlebells that you're going to a suitcase deadlift, and you do a beast prowl, but it's more of a farmer walk. So I, you know, I have different acronyms and names sure. for each one. Sure. So, you know, we walked it out for about 10 to 12 feet. We did another five reps, walked it out again. So, I mean, once we added everything up, I think, what did we do? About six, seven little mini sets within that yeah. nonstop pace. But again, what did I keep preaching? Form, breathing, yeah, posture, breathing. all of that, you know, and then rest when we need to. Obviously, if you're fatiguing and then you're just wanting to push through it to get... Boom, that's how injuries happen, you know. And yeah. from there, what do we do? We did our thrust or a squat press. It's a very functional move we do each and yeah. every day. Yeah. And then we held an overhead, you know, waiter walk where you're, you know, locked out. But again, we're not straining our neck. We're, you know, posture, you know, posturally locked in, you know, and we did kind of the same application there. And what was our third one? That would have been our, I'm looking at the, yeah. So we did our reverse fly battle ropes right into tire flips. Again, these are all functional movements, high intensity, quick. You get it in, get it out. The next one was uh, more of a core to extremity position. So we had a kettlebell pull-through technique, more for the upper body. And then we do our single leg kick-throughs, you know, with our body weight. And then lastly, we finished it up with our burpee to our box jump. You know, all high intensity. You're in, you're out. It's all applicable to the outside. But again, we're not absolutely destroying ourselves. You know, yeah. we know the rest periods that we need to hit. We're responding to what our body is saying. Granted, it's trying to tell us to stop. But we take it up to that next level, and we're all here pushing each other. So... What we did today, it's going to properly apply on the outside functionally, but then also how hard we hit it today, that is building willpower as well. Sure, man. Now, if we can push ourselves like that in the gym, my goodness what we can do on the outside. Yeah, well, there's so many like different principles from fitness that you could apply anywhere else. Like You've got to hold yourself accountable right? in all areas of life, especially when it comes to fitness. You've got to be disciplined. You've got to be disciplined enough to work out every single day, prepare your food, get enough sleep, get enough water, supplements, vegetables, whatever it is. got to be disciplined. You've got to have a work ethic. You've got to be able to come in, say, all right, I'm doing X, Y, and Z today, and I'm going to carry it through until I'm done. You know? So like all of those different things could be carried out in other ways, 100%. And like you said, you've got to develop the mentality for your client, man. That's another big piece of the puzzle. A lot of clients that come into a gym, they come see you because you're holding them accountable. But when you're with them, what are you telling them? How are you developing them mentally? How are you getting them to look at things from another perspective? Dude, honestly, I think life is all about perspective. You can't just look at everything tunnel vision. You know what I mean? And as, far, as guilty as I am sometimes about that, like... That's why I like coming to places like this and doing a podcast, right? Because it puts me out of my fucking elements because it forces me to, to adapt and, and try to grow into this, you know, this person that I'm, I'm becoming, whatever that is. You know, again, I'm just pouring my, my own heart and emotion into this and like, I'm going to grow the way I'm supposed to grow. You know what I mean? So I like getting pushed out of my comfort zone. I like learning from other people. It g helps me gain perspective. And I think that's what we could provide for our clients. That's why your clients are going to come keep seeing you. So um, this yeah. is great, dude. Thanks for having me in here. Uh, first off, like you guys are both awesome guys. I know, Greg, you, you, like I said, you and I met at the Viking Ninja training thing. Uh, interesting story on how we met. But we'll, <laughs> we'll, save that. we'll save that for the next podcast yeah. as long as, you know, uh, you know, people keep tuning in and I'm going to keep doing this because I get a lot of first selfishly. I get a lot of joy doing this. I love learning from people. I love putting this out there. You know, I'm not going to say that I don't like the attention from it. I fucking love the attention. Selfless from it. too. Yeah, dude. And it, Selfless. you know, it helps grow everybody yeah. really, you know, you grow yourself, you grow everybody. And I try to teach kids like whatever it is that you're doing, make sure you pick up one or two people with you because that shit's got ripple effects. Absolutely. That stuff will go out there into the cosmos and eventually make its way back to you in a positive way. That's why shit works out, you know? Um, and when it doesn't, you go back to the grind and you remember what it was like when you were walking through the mud and you're just like, all right, well, I can handle this for a little while because it's temporary. You just go back in those cycles, you know? So, again, I appreciate you guys having me in here and doing the show. This is the f beginning of a relationship, and um, I'm excited to see where it goes from here, you guys. Um, where can people find you? Uh, we are at, so 360 Fit. We're here at 569 West Gulf Road in Arlington Heights. So we're right off of the major highways. Uh, you can check us out at www.360fit.com. And you have to spell 360, right? So yes. three, you spell three. H R E E numerical six zero F I T. 
360 fit, right? Mind, body, spirit. You guys, it's a great workout in here. Glad uh, to have you, man. It's yeah. been awesome having some new face in the gym. We Absolutely. Love new faces. Yeah, dude, it's fun. It's fun. Uh, so, wait, do you guys have personal Instagrams or no? Uh, so, yeah, so mine is uh, Christian underscore T60F, and then also we have our 360 fit Instagram. What about what about you, dude? Uh, I believe it's Gregory underscore Poland. Poland spelled just like Gregory, the country that's my last name. Greg Poland. Hell Greg yeah, Poland. dude. I love my spelled Polish. just like the country. Dude, I love my Polish people, even I'm though Polish, you're not Polish. Right. <laughs> I don't know. It's got a name, last, that's, last name of a country. That's the do? best thing I've ever heard. It's like Johnny Mexico right. isn't Mexican. <laughs> exactly. Some what? dude or something. Well, this is, uh, this is the uh the danny cole podcast and this was a fun one man uh i'll do all the after rolls after this so here's what i'm gonna say everybody peace i love you all that's it <laughs> take it easy and that's the podcast everybody i hope you enjoyed it uh super inspirational super motivational and uh informative make sure to check out www.360fit.com that's t-h-r-e-e numerical 60 fit.com to check out what they got going on at, at 360 fit gym in arlington heights make sure to follow their instagram page at 360 fit also give christian's individual instagram a follow at christian underscore t 60 f and of course Last but certainly not not least, Gregory Poland uh, at Gregory underscore Poland. Uh, it was a great time. Thank you guys for having me in there. And I look forward to the next time uh, that we podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Superhuman Tools. Make sure to check the show notes and, and click the link in the show notes to get your hands on a daily or monthly planner. Okay, you get 25% off of Superhuman Tools Planner just by using the promo code Danny at checkout, okay? These are state-of-the-art planners. These are awesome planners. They look sleek. They're the perfect size. Uh, and they are made for the entrepreneur, for the student, for the person that's just trying to get ahead uh, and be a better version of themselves. There's nothing like writing something down and then crossing it off and getting the satisfaction of being like, yeah, I got that done. And you can just continue to grow and be a better version of you and that's the podcast everybody make sure to follow my instagram at danny cola fitness make sure to keep spreading love and positive message with everything that you do be an example for the next generation and that's it love you all bye